Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday and welcome back in for another episode of Great Quarter Gals. I'm Kaylee Nix here with Grace Sharkey. This is the show where we talk to you amazing women doing amazing things in the freight and logistics space. And Grace, good to have you back. And we've got a lot of good things to cover this week, including some freight tech news, talking about Expedite. But first off, how's it going? How are you? You know, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm Listen, I'm most excited, though, because we get to hang out with each other and have some freight tech and all over freight fun here in like a couple of weeks, not even at this point. So I'm I'm just really excited to be around the Freightways family here in, in Cleveland, Ohio shortly. And uh, uh, you know how events are. They just get us all pumped up for the quarter and everything. I'm very excited and happy to see you, of course. Yeah, I think the energy in the studio is starting to pick up a little bit and really get excited for the future supply chain, which is coming up. It's, I think two weeks from today we'll be in Cleveland. At least like most of us will land two weeks from today. But of course, this is our biggest summertime event. Last year, we were in Rogers, Arkansas, kind of the heart of the, I guess, Midwest or Plains Freight Alley, I would call it. And this year, we're going to be up in Cleveland, Ohio. And we are still running a ticket special for this guy as well. Two for one. I've been making the joke on Freightways now, like this whole entire week, you know, like bring your friend, bring your mom, bring your friend's mom. Who cares? You're getting a free ticket, so you might as well bring someone along, right? And Grace, there's going to be so many good things going on. Who would you bring if you could give a free ticket to for Future of Supply Chain? Who in your life would benefit from that? Uh, you know what? Uh, oh, you know what? I would actually probably take my little brother. He works in local news and he used to work in the freight industry. And he knows like exactly how important the industry is towards the overall economy as well. So there's multiple times on the local news where he's working to, you know, not only include what's happening locally, but globally and even domestically with our industry as well. So as someone I know would enjoy the tech and enjoy the time with his big sister, I also know that he would probably take the all the information back and uh, use it in his everyday life too. So on that BOGO deal, that two for one, think about, you know, influencers or people that you know, even in your own a local area that could use maybe the education on what's happening in the economy and how much of it is uh, is focused here in transportation, logistics, et cetera. There we go. I think that that would be a great bring into future supply chain. Maybe you get like a plus one because you're one of the freight influencers in the space. I don't know. Bradford, can we make that happen? I don't know. <laughs> no, you know what? Though? Like, he can stay out. Right? Just he can stay out. We can stay out. All right, let's move into some of our news of the day. And it's an article that you just dropped, actually, which is really interesting because it's a tech company, a freight tech company that's looking for possibly some help, possibly an out. And it really kind of brings together the environment for freight tech right now. Some are barely swimming. Some are just floating on a life raft. Some are now having to call for help, right? Next Trucking is possibly looking at a sale 
or they're searching for some capital. What can you tell us about this? Yeah, so uh, I just want everyone to note too, Next Checking has an interesting story. They started off really focused on drayage, and I would say that's probably their main uh, consumer of their product today. They are a digital freight marketplace. And uh, now they are you know, looking for, like many others in the space, ways to increase their uh, longevity throughout an economic uh, downturn. And uh, it's nothing against them whatsoever, whether, you know, it's a restructuring like we've seen from a number of companies letting people off, or in this case, there could be other technologies that they're looking to infuse into their marketplace or uh, different types of uh, uh, valuable resources for their customers that they want to invest in. But, you know, it's a, it's a tough market right now to get help from investors at a, uh, a price that people are willing to to take. And, uh, so with this, this actually dropped uh, in an article from the information last night. And and while uh, Ben Gordon did uh, confirm that he is working with the company in a, a different strategic ways, uh, it, 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 they haven't exclusively said whether or not they do, of course, want to say a sell. But, you know, in an, an industry like we're seeing today, we're seeing some really interesting M&A action as a whole. I mean, we've seen, right, like Flex Sports and Spotify working close together. Or sorry, Spotify, Shopify. There we go. Uh, <laughs> close named, uh, but I, I think it, it showcases that people are are uh, are really interested in figuring out their longevity through this market. But at the same time, uh, if there are companies out there, and Ryan Schreiber touched on this up as well, a number of companies are looking to hedge themselves and get prepared for the turn around of this market. And a drainage tool is something that a lot of people are looking to invest in. So. If the possible sales out there and the numbers right, you know they they could possibly get that. But um, I think what's interesting, right, is that at what price will they will they be bought at? Uh, likely, likely, I would assume not at the price that uh, one would want. Uh, seeing where the market is today, and uh, seeing, of course, uh, some of the losses that we've seen in the past. But I think it's also important to note too the different types of tech. If you check out this article, there's. I got a couple of different points of view on not only Next, but the overall freight tech ecosystem right now. And uh, we're just, we're at a time right now where that whole economies of scale that we talked about in the past, even with Dan Lewis, right, at Convoy, uh, is a problem. And it's no more of this, give us large sums of money, we'll eat up a market share and be able to showcase to you that this works at scale. You have to really be able to prove that concept to investors to get the price that you want. So what I think is really interesting when we talk about the freight tech space is that there are some big believers who say, you know what, freight tech is a little bit immune to this downturn, but we're seeing the proof that it actually is not. The other interesting thing about it, too, is that your big time companies aren't immune from or aren't necessarily having that insulation, that protection that you would expect them to in this time, right? Companies like P44 or like Convoy, who you think have this kind of established space in the freight tech ecosystem, and they're not as protected from the troubles, from the layoffs, from the short shortness in capital that you would think that they would be. It's not unique to see a freight tech company struggle in this atmosphere. Do you think that maybe one, a larger company is better poised for success to come out on the other side than a smaller company? Or is there room for a smaller company if they hedge on themselves, they use their assets right, they can pull through, which looks like we're maybe starting to see just a tiny turnaround in demand. 
I think that uh, there are a number of technology providers out there today that have bootstrapped themselves into into this space and to this point and have done so incredibly well. I think that there's a large group of players that were also very intelligent in how they strategized investing in their investor relationships during a time where money was cheap and uh, and easy to get your hands on. And as long as they had an execution plan at hand, those big uh, technology providers, I think, will make it out of here. Uh, and when you see the restructuring or the layoffs, I mean, that's a clear sign that really what we're doing behind the scenes, right, is making sure that we have that runway to make it through the other end. Uh, and maybe the amount of those restructures or layoffs uh, showcase to you how long that most of these larger companies think that's going to last. Um, I, I would say that the ones that are have a bootstrap themselves and are making profit today are in having a little bit more enjoyable, maybe executive meetings than those who have have not and have other people to answer to. That's probably the most pol politically correct way of explaining that. But uh, it's uh, it's exciting to see, you know, there's, you want to kind of compare these times and providers to what we've seen in other types of economic recessions. And those that keep providing tools and keep uh, making sure that they're showing uh, true uh, value to their customers during these times will likely make it out the end and be able to grow just as quick. Uh, that's the interesting thing about startups, right? Those who can execute the fastest, whether it's perfect or not, usually end up on top. Uh, so I, it's just, it, it, we'll, we'll watch and see what happens. But yeah, I think uh, I, I, I'm hearing from a lot of the bootstrap profitable companies, right? Uh, that life is, is pretty great for them too. But we're just at this period where even investing in tech uh, takes a little bit more pushy from a sales team uh, than it has in the past. And uh, we'll, we'll continue to see who rise to the top. Oh, it's, you're telling me that an in, in, inside executive board is a little more uh, more calm than an outside investor board? Never would have guessed. Never would have guessed. Grace, <laughs> <laughs> this is a good article. Head on over to FreightWaves.com to read that as well as your other content. Let's go ahead and bring in our guest for today because it's a really good one and we are moving back into a very niche specific side of industry talking to her. We've got Melanie Patterson joining us, who is the founder and CEO over at Integrity Global Logistics and also has team integrity in her wheelhouse. And Melanie, thank you so much for being here on our show today. It's great to have you. I've got to say your office setup, the chair, I don't know if folks can see it in this in like the three box that we're in, but your office, I love the decor. It looks cozy. It looks great. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> I love this. And yeah, no, yeah. Uh, hey, you know what? If you're working in an office space that you feel comfortable in, right? Like that's where you're going to excel. So I, I appreciate the office decor. As someone yeah. who's taking time, right, for my own situation here, we can't all have a beautiful screen behind us, Kaylee. We can't all be as lucky as y'all. Uh, no, I'm very excited, right, to have Melanie on here. I uh, We worked together technically in the past, right? I got to see you at Matt's and uh, at an incredible event. That, yes, and I think we sh we'll talk about that a little bit later here in the show. Uh, but before we do that, let's—I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us about your your journey into logistics because it is pretty unique. Yeah, it is a, a, a unique uh, journey. So my name is Melanie Patterson. I am the founder CEO of Integrity Global Logistics and Team Integrity Knowledge Center. 
So prior to me entering into transportation, I actually was an ER trauma nurse for about seven years. And uh, so I got into the nursing field and I loved it. I fell in love. But as you guys know, I don't know if you have an audience of, of people who are prior medicine. Um, it's a very competitive game and it's all about those acronyms behind your name. So I played the corporate game. I achieved my bachelor's degree and they said, nope, 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 got to go back to school. I got my master's degree and they said, nope, 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 got to go back to school. And I said, wait a minute. And so as I was looking through this glass ceiling, I said, there has to be more for me. Um, at that time, I just had small children and I missed the first Christmas. Uh, I was working simultaneously in one of my other companies and I really wanted to um, have flexibility with my schedule. And so that's where I said, well, let me take a look at, you know, entrepreneurship full time. A friend of the family was like, hey, you might want to take a look into trucking immediately, ladies. I said, oh, no. Oh, no. I know how risky uh, transportation is. And I stayed away from it. Well, here I am. <laughs> um, I, you know, did my research and I said, well, this might be a, a good industry to invest in. But once again, I did my research and I kind of moved strategically within this um, empire. So I love that story. And coming out of trauma nursing and ER trauma nursing specifically, you are absolutely someone that has this kind of fire and desire to work through very chaotic situations, which I think the skills are incredibly transferable, right? Maybe not in physical applicability, but in the mental toughness and mental fortitude that it takes not only to be a successful founder and a successful entrepreneur, but also to handle the absolute craziness that is the trucking and logistics world. When you're making, when you were making that transition, and now that you are successful in the space, how do you go about bringing those skills over from one industry to the next? And then how do you go about teaching them to the next group of people who are making that, making a switch into the industry? Great question. Amazing question. So believe it or not, um, I, I transferred quite a bit of skills that I had from my previous um, medical experience as a nurse practitioner in ER trauma, right? So like you just uh, stated, critical thinking, having to think on your feet. So in entrepreneurship, that is one of our daily tasks, especially within transportation, um, is being able to critically think, think on your feet to do what is the overall uh, greater good for the team. Um, so I've definitely taken that on. And then another thing, ladies, just to be transparent, um, in nursing, we have something called like ADPI, right? So we have a client, they present with their presenting symptoms, rash, shortness of breath, you know, gunshot, stabbing, ER trauma, right? And so what is that ad pie? So go ahead and assess, diagnose the patient, develop a plan, implement, and reassess. I do that constantly um, in, in business within transportation. Um, and so I think it's pretty cool that I have transferred over quite a bit of skills. Um, and I'm a little biased. I feel like ER nurses make a great, great uh, entrepreneur within transportation. Uh, this is an essential a uh, essential worker industry as well, which is rewarding to me. And then it's it's the the infrastructure of our economy. It, it truly is, and you know it's it's interesting because you, you spoke on the fact that uh, initially you're like, okay, trucking, uh, transportation, risky, right? And then, but then you came into the industry and you said, okay, let's do dedicated and and fast uh, expedite shipping solutions, right? Which is like doubling down almost on the the risk value of it all. 
Why did you decide to choose uh, that route compared to maybe building up a, a large uh, 53 foot fleet, et cetera? Why expedite and why this specialized services? Yeah. Um, before we jump into it, just FYI, um, I'm known as a risk taker from youth. Um, and so where I am taking risks, um, I just betted on myself and I knew what I was capable for. So I said, let's go. We're going to we're going to do it. Let's do this right. Um, and so let me take you back a little bit, because you know what? Expedited Courier Services is fairly new to um, we've added a new division uh, to our company. Prior, we started out with Semi. Um, I studied the market. I'm here in the Midwest in Chicago, Illinois. And so we're heavily based on um, refrigerated temperature sensitive products. And so we started out Semi with a reefer trailer. And we did okay in the beginning, but I knew quickly that there was no way that we can last um, and scale this business off the low board. Uh, and so once again, I, I guess I took my years of academia and years in corporate and I pen to paper and I started to do the research and I said, we have to shift. There's, we're saturated in trucking companies, right? You look to your left and your right, there's a trucking company um, that's just as competitive as us. So what will make us more competitive and more attractive? And that's when I started to discover leverage what you have. Me being a minority woman in transportation, onboard your previous medical experience. So we have ER trauma, we have LTL courier services with the government hauling of lab specimens and and temperature sensitive goods and things of that nature. So that's how that kind of came about. I love the story and I love that the decision to jump into expedited because I really think that it highlights not only the fact that you have this entrepreneurial spirit and you have this kind of like underlying understanding of how difficult the expedited industry is, but there's a lot of parallels because I feel like we've spoken to several, I can think of at least four off the top of my hand, female founders who decided to start a trucking company and immediately get into the expedited side of things. That's definitely a testament to the fact that as women, we are great multitaskers. We are absolutely good at finding those decision-making processes. And we take the hard road, right? We decide to do things that aren't necessarily as easy as we could possibly go to jump into the space. So I love that story. When you look at teaching, as you mentioned, either women or other minority groups who are looking to get into the space, what type of avenues or types of resources do you guys at Integrity Global really kind of put forward to help support those groups? Yeah. So Integrity Global Logistics is a separate company. So now we're going to merge into Team Integrity Knowledge Center, my baby. Um, and so where the inception of Team Integrity Knowledge Center came from was me just actually being truly a small business, a fleet owner, a minority woman doing government contracting, say, hey, let me show you how to do this. And this is the right way to do it um, and do it with integrity. And so some of the resources that we use are leveraging laying down the foundation of your business and your infrastructure. You just spoke recently to the power of having a woman within your business. We are the infrastructure, usually the back office to many of these empires. Um, and so that's where we start first um, within our done for you program. We come in, we do business development, lay down the bones and the infrastructure to build upon. Then we kind of dive in with my partner talking about fleet ownership, understanding our operational costs, 
what those numbers look like, especially in a very fragile market as this, right? There's no secret. We're in a very, very soft, fragile market right now, hopefully not for too much longer, but understanding your numbers, understanding what it is to be a efficient and competent fleet owner is something that we address too. Um, and then we jump into government contracting and really just kind of grow and scale your business in a different um, trajectory. Transportation really reminds me of nursing. Think about it. So if you think about medicine, you think about nursing, you have neonatal, the babies, you have women's health, we have geriatrics, the elderly, we have oncology for those uh, you know, dealing with cancer, and then we have the ER trauma. Within transportation, it, I view it as the same thing. There's multiple ways to pivot and capitalize within this industry, and that's what we need to do right now as small fleet owners, as small business owners, and um, I I'm just so proud of what we created at uh, Team Integrity Knowledge Center. Yeah, I Keely, I got invited by uh, Melanie and, of course, Adam Wingfield at Mats to attend one of their a small events that brought together a large room of minority business leaders, women as well, that are really, really impacting uh, the industry. And it was honestly very moving because it was just a really powerful uh, focus group that was all about sharing context and, and leading uh, minority groups into this industry and taking this equity right from it. Melanie, what does that mean to you? And 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 how are these meetings, different group events that you put on, how have they paid off for communities that are, are really starting to enter the space and, and take hold of that equity within within their own niches or, or parts of the industry? Absolutely. First, I want to thank you so much for being in attendance. Um, your presence um, was amazing to be uh, to have in the room. Um, and so, yeah. Um, my partner Adam and I, we said, how can we collaborate and bring these two forces together to add value for those in transportation right now? And so this is something that we've done. Um, this last year was our second annual. We tend to do it every year at the Mats event. And we're looking to just really add value from our inner circle, our inner connections, right? Um, there's, no, there's no secret. Your network is in your network. And so we're bringing those resources to them in their fingertips. We're helping them to better understand how to navigate within this industry um, as small fleet owners, which looks very different from your larger, you know, your FedEx, your Snyder's, your larger um, uh, um, transportation companies. Um, we in that room, as you were there, you were a testament um, to the power um, that was in that room. People left out of that room with a dedicated freight. People left out of that room with subcontracting opportunities. People left out of that room motivated to get to get back on that force and drive their passion again um, and be successful within transportation. It kind of died down with all that um, has been going on. And so we were able to refuel that. We were able to provide them with um, real clear steps on how to navigate to mm, you're starting on the low board, which is fine, right? but how to really navigate and get onto dedicated freight, which is going to help to give you some consistencies in your numbers, um, develop that uh, profitability and scalability plan with, with direct, hard, concrete numbers. Um, and so it was, uh, the list goes on and on and on to the impact and the value that was added in that focus group. I really like that, Grace. 
And I love that. And I love that these groups, groups like this in those focus groups and meetings, they do a really great job of breaking down the stereotype that this industry isn't big enough for everybody to succeed and continuing to see success out of small fleets like this to see so many people finding at least something that where their entrepreneurial success is now turned back to them and find success in this industry really is just a testament to that and the support. Melanie, if people are interested in joining you guys at Team Integrity or looking to maybe use your services at Integrity Global, where can they go to do that? What does the application process look like? And when does the next group start? Perfect. Great question. So for me, um, Melanie Patterson on all social media media platforms, uh, Team Integrity Knowledge Center on all social media platforms. So you have your Facebook, your Instagram, your LinkedIn. Um, and I think I'm on Twitter, too, as well. Um, and so for our done for you services, you can go over to our website at www.teamintegritynowledgecenter.com, fill out the application and our team will get back to you um, and, and follow the next steps after that. Um, in regard to Integrity Global Logistics, Melanie uh, at integritygloballogistics.com. All right, Melanie, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> thank you so much, Janet powerful voice out there and uh don't don't ever let that go away because that energy right there that's contagious and now i'm gonna i'm gonna leave here and i'm gonna go run a mile because i'm juiced up more than i was prior to let's love it let's <laughs> penetrate those barriers let's make the most of our 24 hours and go get it absolutely melanie love thank it. you so much grace you have the ability to go run the mile because now you don't have to be on TV throughout the rest of the day, but we will catch you on the radio later tonight, right? You've got drive time with Grace Sharkey at 5 o'clock Eastern? Yeah, you can catch me out of breath at 5 o'clock today <laughs> on uh, Street XM uh, Channel 146, the Road Dog Trucking Channel. Uh, hopefully by 6 o'clock, because if we go until 7, I'll be able to breathe again. But I'll be there with wonderful Thomas Watson. Actually, Blake Friendly will be on tonight, so... Good episode coming up. And let's be honest, Thomas it will make you out of breath as well. His excitement levels to the roof. Thanks, guys, for tuning in with yeah. us today for Great Quarter Gals. We'll catch you next week. One, two, three, ho!